We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into Booth Review, presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise Bank is a trusted business partner that can serve anyone, anywhere. Emprise Bank. Member FDIC, we are coming to you Saturday night post game <laughs> after the Kansas Jayhawks mm-hmm. upset West Virginia in Morgantown in overtime mm-hmm. to go and advance to 2 0 and sole possession of first place in the Big 12. Scott uh, Chasen, hello. <laughs> Kent Swanson, uh, what a crazy game. We have so much to talk oh about, Kent. The least of which is our group DM calling the Jacoby Bryant <laughs> game-winning pick six interception, which I didn't even know the rule in overtime. I guess there's still some question about what the final score of this game is. Kansas didn't win in overtime. Kansas won by two scores in overtime, <laughs> Kent. I don't care. I don't care if it counts. I don't care if it doesn't count. All I care about is that KU won. We're in a group chat with Kevin Flaherty. Kevin mm-hmm. says Jacoby Bryant's making a pick here. And Scott <laughs> replies to the house for a pick six. <laughs> and then I just, I I don't know. I think I said, I said, you called it. And it <laughs> happened. And then and chaos ensued. Like, we, you guys called it. Like, salute. Well- Lots of cast, but let's talk about something you've been saying pretty much the whole year, which is that you are a huge believer in the quarterback at the University of Kansas, Jalen Daniels, who is probably at this point, undoubtedly Kansas's best quarterback, most talented for sure, since Todd Reesing. Can't talk talk about the quarterback today because Jalen Daniels leading this offense, I, I mean, flawless, phenomenal, as good as you can be. It was outstanding, and KU just might have the best quarterback of all the local schools. They definitely have a better quarterback than Missouri, which hasn't been able to be said in a long time. Adrian Martinez versus Jalen Daniels is going to be a lot of fun later in this year, but this young man is still a teenager, by the way. (laughs) 
yeah. still a teenager, by the way, was unbelievable. He didn't flinch. I thought he made big plays when he needed to. He protected the football very, very well. Mm -hmm. There was no near pick. There was no near miss. There was no, you know, uh, or there no, was no big flaws, big errors in his performance in a tough environment where the weather is adverse, yeah. you know, and it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, you know, it, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game, but I thought he was outstanding Threw the ball extremely well Threw it really well when he was dry, when the ball was dry, ran the ball extremely well. Uh, did he wind up leading this team in rushing? He did 12 carries, 86 yards, 7.1 yards per carry, led the team in rushing, obviously led the team in passing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they went on a streak of, I believe six straight touchdowns. Uh, they got stopped in the first possession and then scored six straight touchdowns. Cannot speak more about this quarterback that we just saw. They were stopped by themselves. I think we agree on that first possession. A legal shift penalty, two linemen downfield on a play where LJ Arnold gets a ball to move the chains. This Kansas offense was so ridiculously good. And by the way, and this is such an afterthought, but just using it as evidence, there was no Jason Bean package in this game because there was no need for a change of pace at all. Everything Kansas did worked. Yeah. I, I mean, when they spread it around, when they ran the ball, they had, I, I don't want to say shocking success because, it, you know, Kansas has a, a lot of good offensive weapons, I think we think. But Kansas was dominant. And when you consider that that start to the game involved the defensive back falling down, giving up a <laughs> touchdown, and Kansas committing four penalties on a drive, this was very similar to the Texas game. For a majority of the game, Kansas dominated West Virginia. Now, yeah. obviously, it went into overtime. Kansas had to make key plays. Did Kansas get a little lucky because of a roughing the passer call in overtime? Sure. Did Kansas also not get a little lucky because of the fumble at the end of regulation and all the stuff leading up to West Virginia's touchdown, two-point conversion, whatever? It, it all cancels out, and all of it is to say Kansas has changed the outlook on its season entirely by taking that 14-0 deficit at the beginning of this game First of all, making it a close game at halftime and just getting to half with it still being a game. And then what they did in the second half in overtime, Kent. I could not be more impressed by this KU team. And now I just want to know where they go from here mm -hmm. because this changes expectations for the season. It definitely does. It changes absolutely everything. Um, the trajectory of this team has changed even just in this first, you know, first ten real win. I mean, Tennessee Tech, you know, Kansas went out and proved that they were what they did. They were what they, you know, they are, you know, or they are what they were last week. Sorry. I, I, Michael I, Jordan, the roof is the head. ceiling. The back. roof is, this, yeah. I mean, you saw them look like a competent power five football program last week. They come in this week and obviously it looked ugly early. It looked like the wheels were about to fall off. And I think Kansas fans probably had some level of expectation after seeing that start going, okay, well, here we go again. This is. Yeah. How how much growth has this team really made? I was very curious. I, I I was really curious about the response of this football team. And you saw you saw proof that this is different. You saw yeah. proof that this is absolutely unequivocally different. Because when Kansas stopped getting out of their own way, they dominated West Virginia. They yeah. bopped this football team. They were the better <laughs> football team tonight. Kansas was the better football team yeah. tonight. This was not a fluke. This was not an accident. The best football team in Morgantown this weekend was Kansas. They had the best quarterback. They had the best Daniels. The better Daniels won. They had a better running game. Their defense. defense. You hey, Somehow they did have the better defense because they got more stops. And yeah. it didn't look like it was going to be the case. And honestly, if they hadn't tripped on themselves... <laughs> 
in the first possession, this game might have got ugly. Yeah. West Virginia's lucky they got to stay in this football game. <laughs> I am blown away by the progress of this organization and this team. It was incredible. This is this was no joke. This was no fluke. This team has a legitimate chance of going bowling. Ken, I just look at this performance. Like I, I want to do this uh, because this is like our post game instant reaction. We'll be back midweek to break this all down. I, yeah, I want to pick a player. I, I want you to pick a player too, and just like and we will exclude Jalen Daniels here. Just like someone that stuck out to you, give someone a shout out for this game. And I'm taking the easy one, by the way, and I'm going first. So you've Go. got a second to think about this. Kobe Bryant had a really <laughs> tough game today. Like a, a few different guys did, right? They West Virginia absolutely picked on the Brian Borland defensive scheme where he's going to leave his linebackers in coverage. And uh, Derek Johnson of, of KLWN actually pointed this out to me. Craig Young on Pro Football Focus was listed at cornerback for week one because they list you by the position you play the most. And Brian Borland makes his linebackers like, if there's a receiver out there, you're covering up. You're not getting a safety help like, yeah, linebacker, go play man-to-man. Okay, so Craig Young got picked on a lot, especially on a touchdown. West Virginia went at KU's corners. Kent, you predicted that would happen. And for a lot of the game, he didn't hold his own. But something we've talked about on the show, and you saw it against Texas. You saw it last week when he returned to kick for a touchdown. We've seen it in practices where he gets pick sixes somehow is that whenever there is that moment for like a crazy game swing, it seems to be him at the center of it because he's not afraid to say, who was it? There was a basketball player, Anthony Edwards on the Timberwolves last year. That was like before a pivotal pivotal defensive play. He was like, no matter what, I was going for the steal. Like I decided <laughs> before the play happened, no matter what happened. That's Jacoby Bryant. And he was not in great position when that ball was thrown, but he got himself in great position, picked it off. And I love that he ran that thing back for a touchdown and did not go down because that's so representative of this like new Kansas attitude and swagger that they're trying to build. Like I, I don't even overlook that because I just thought that was an awesome highlight and you see everyone running along the sidelines with them. That is awesome. And a shout out to Brian Haney who calls him the Hawk Mamba because he's Kobe Bryant. I, <laughs> I love it. All right. I love it. Turn. Uh, okay. I, I, I have, I, I have two. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm going to go. We, go for we, two, Ken. Ken, go for two. Let's do two. Okay. I want to give a shout out to the offensive line as a whole. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They were outstanding. The run, the run blocking is night and day different than what you saw early in the season, 15 months ago when Lance Leipold took that job, uh, you know, in Kansas. Like we've talked about this all the time. And I, when I first watched that group, the first game of the Lance Leipold era, I was like, oh, this is brutal. But it's like the same guys blocking right now. It's the same group blocking right now. And you saw outstanding pass protection. Great assignment on some of the blitzes and stuff that they kind of sent. I thought the I thought the, the 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 line of scrimmage was moving well at times, was actually actively moving. Scott mm-hmm. Fuchs is outstanding at his job. I've got to give him and that offensive line a shout out for an out, a really great performance. Again, this is this was a defense that looked really really salty last week against Pitt, and Kansas eviscerated this football team uh, offensively. The other one, I, I mean, are, do you have another one that you want to do? Because we could kind of ping pong. Okay, I'll Let's let do you, it. I'll let you go. I'll let you go now because we. I, I have another one. I'm really excited about. Well, I'm gonna save the running back position for you. Ah, uh, that's not where I was going, but that's okay. Okay. Well, then we'll circle back around to the running backs later. <laughs> um, 
Actually, actually, I will go running back. I'll, I'll leave someone else that, that I think you might be taking, and then no one will take this person. He'll never get talked about, and it'll be a real bummer. <laughs> Daniel Hyshaw, that touchdown yeah. run, I, I had flashbacks to last year. It's funny you mentioned the offensive line. Maybe it shouldn't be this way. I don't know why, what's wrong with me that it was this way, but when he scored that, that pivotal touchdown, my mind immediately went to Velton Gardner and how at the start of last year, like Kansas was trying to implement this wide zone scheme scheme. And you're right. Like the, the line and they just didn't get it at the time, but Velton Gardner had a really hard time and he made that decision pretty early, which I think was probably the best decision for him that he yeah. was not the right running back to be in that system. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, if he didn't think he was going to be comfortable with it and get it. And Kansas did a lot of creative things like a huge shout out to Andy Kotelnicki. I'm guessing he will get a lot of love in the midweek when we get a chance to go back and look at all these plays because the misdirection, the way Kansas's offense was running, like it was so different um, and, and so creative and interesting. And it caused West Virginia. I, I mean, it made their, it neutralized oh their front seven. Good Lord. But Daniel Highshaw, that touchdown run was so perfect textbook. Get the ball, wait for the blocks to set up, find that one hole, plant your foot and take off. Did it perfection? It got him a long touchdown run. I, I thought that was, I, I mean, there were so many pivotal moments of the game. You don't win without any of them. The game went into overtime. But, I, I mean, that was the moment where I was like, KU gets this. They know what they're supposed to be accomplishing offensively, and, and that is just perfect execution of a landfall. Oh, this, dude, the scheme is insane. I mean, the scheme is absolutely it's I can't wait. You're right. I can't wait to rewatch. I'm probably gonna rewatch it tonight. Let's just be come yeah, me on. Too. You already, me too. <laughs> you already know I'm gonna be rewatching it. But some of this the misdirection and and some of the you know the concepts that they've been introducing, they're problematic for teams. They are absolutely problematic for teams, and that helps level the playing field, especially since the you know the Jayhawks have so many great talent. Uh, talented players in their skill position. Like, I think those are some strengths. <laughs> Offensive line might be a little bit too. Um, I'm going to shout out one of the skill players that gets a little bit underlooked. We don't talk about him very often, but mm-hmm. he led the team in receiving today, and that's Luke Grimm. Luke Grimm had mm. some outstanding catches today, some very big catches in some big moments. Had a big third down catch at one point, but went and climbed the ladder and 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 won at the catch point outside the numbers on a throw that Luke uh, that uh, Jalen Daniels kind of left a little bit inside. That was a massive play in this game. That was one of the most explosive pass plays of this entire game. I was like, I was just like, they just have guys that step up and make plays. Like, I don't think you have, at this point, you've got to be pleased with what you've seen out of the receiver position. Again, mm-hmm. we kind of talked, it's not going to be a, a, you know, a, a steady guy every single week, but it's going to be, you know, different guys showing up in big moments. Luke Grimm was one of those guys that showed up big this week. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, that's absolutely true. And Ken, you've been calling for that. I mean, if you told me before the season that Douglas Emelian was not going to be in this team's top group, that Trevor Wilson was going to be suspended indefinitely. I mean, I already had questions about the wide receivers. I would have had major questions. And how about Quentin Skinner? What he yeah. added the dimension from game one and then to this game, making all – he made several Quint- big catches. Quentin Skinner's good for a post route every week now, it looks like. <laughs> just, yeah, just, just pencil it in. Pencil it in for my fantasy team too here. <laughs> The deep threat, I I mean, he has added, like, it's hard to compare like to like, especially because they're different players, different sizes, what they do is so different. But what Trevor Wilson provided as that speedy, smaller deep threat, especially operating out of the uh, the slot, Quentin Skinner has brought that on the outside with more size. He's doing it consistently. I have been tremendously impressed by, one, how much Jalen Daniels trusts him and throws that ball when he sees him. And two, just Quentin Skinner makes a play. Like if that play is available, he's going to make the play. And it, it all ties back to the thing, you know, that I, I've talked about, you've talked about with Jared Casey, which is like, sometimes you just need that opportunity and then you just make plays and you keep doing it and you keep staying in that spot. And Jared Casey, by the way, if you need two yards, throw it to him. I guess that was another thing we saw today again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Great so catch. Tremendously Great impressed. catch. They need, and that, that, I believe that was their first touchdown drive, right? The Jerry Casey one? The Jerry Casey two-yard catch was their first touchdown drive. They're down 14-0, and he goes and makes a play like that in response when they need him in that crucial Mm -hmm. situation. Good Lord. Come on. I got a question. I got a question for you, Ken. Uh Uh-oh. And we're going to talk about Devin Neal at some point. Okay. We got to shout out. We got a lot to talk about, Scott. (laughs) Yeah. When did you think Kansas was going to win this game? I I felt pretty good when they tied it up. Um, and they got that first defensive stop. I had a real good feeling about this team and we can, I mean, I, I, I don't want, I, I'll let you talk about it in a sec. I'll, you tell me when, but like, I, I want to come back to the defense here in a second because we've spent a lot of time talking about the offensive side of the ball, but there, there's some things on defense we do need to talk about, but when did you, I, I think when they tied it up, I had a very good feeling about this game. I don't know if I was like, Oh, it's over. They won it. But like, I had a very good feeling when they got that first that when they got that first stop on defense in the in the uh, uh in the in the second half for me a little bit later uh when Kansas went up 35-28 i was like oh they're oh they're when they took the lead oh but, but got when, it but when when west virginia kicked that first field goal 
And it was like, oh, like Kansas has now gotten, you know, whichever way. And, and we can pivot to the defense, like a couple stops here, one legit stop and then, a, you know, whatever. I mean, that was the moment where I was like, West Virginia had an emotional edge early. I truly believe this. I mean, Neil Brown knows. I know he's got a buyout, whatever. Like, he does not have a future at West Virginia if if this year is not more fruitful than it's been so far as 0-2. He may not have a future at West Virginia on Monday. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that team came out like a team that was pissed off, that lost to its rival, that should not have. I mean, if, if he goes for a fourth down, they win the game. If they get one yard similar to a decision Kansas had. We can talk about that. Um, and, and if a receiver doesn't drop the ball or tip it up and, and you know, give it to Pittsburgh for a pick six, um, they win that game. They came in executing. They came in angry. They came in intense, treating it like it was an all-important, you know, playoff game or something. I thought Kansas looked, I don't know, lackadaisical is not the right word, but Kansas made mistakes. Kansas did not have the mental edge that Kansas typically plays with. I mean, last year, Kansas was one of the lowest penalty teams in the nation was the lowest penalty team, uh, like team in terms of penalties in the big 12, just making all these mental and physical errors. I thought once it got to the point where it was like, Oh, that's kind of worn off now. And these teams are on the same level. I was pretty certain Kansas was going to win this game. It was later than you, but that, that was the moment where I was like, Oh God, I think Kansas might actually do this. Kansas was flat out better. They yeah. just were, they earned this football game. And you know, I, the funny thing is, is like you saw like the early, emotional wave like going from what we saw you know against tennessee tech to this and and west virginia going from that to pit like they're from pit to this like they had you know a lot of familiarity with the kind of intensity that that was going to be required of this football game right mm -hmm. but i don't the k didn't make very many mistakes after that first little yeah to i mean here's the thing okay and this actually is a perfect segue in the defense okay you saw the awful first possession for kansas and then they just lit the world on fire offensively on defense you saw you know two big explosive plays given up in the first half on the very first possession okay you gave up that 59 yard pass oj burrows tripped mm -hmm. a little fluky right whatever it wasn't busted coverage it was just like a player literally tripped yeah. Um, and then you saw uh, three and out West Virginia drives back down the field. I think that one was, was that another explosive play? I don't think it was. I, I think, think that, that was... was the Kenny Logan, the bad angle that he took. Was that, was that, that was, I think, I think it was, I could be wrong, but I, I think couldn't it remember if it was or not. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that, if that, if that's the case. All right. So you have two poorly executed, two explosive plays given up. Right. But the rest of the game, the, the entire rest of the game, Kansas made them earn it every possession they reduced the explosive plays they finally limited those when they weren't giving up big explosive plays they were drastically different i think the 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 tenor of how you feel about the defense sours because of what you saw early with some really rough kind of, i don't want to say fluky mm -hmm. but two big explosive plays kind of changed everything but like i look at the i look at the totality of the body of work and sure some things weren't perfect right but when they forced West Virginia to drive down the field and make sustained drives. It wasn't that bad. It was big 12 capable. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it was not going to, it was not going to be a deterrent for you. I'll, I'll, I'll use this as a prime example. Okay. Guess how many yards per carry West Virginia average today? That's a great question. I feel like outside of that one, most of their carries were shorter. Um, they had one carry I, I, over. They had one carry for 10 yards. 
They they gave up 3.8 yards per carry. Wow. Wow. That is that is that dog will hunt. Yeah. As our producer well, you know, Tucker will say. <laughs> Brian Borland says this, the defensive coordinator. You know, he talks about making the other team one-dimensional. And he says, if they can run, then they can run and they can pass because you're worried about the run. And so they're going to be able to pass over the top. So I, I think in many cases, he's okay with that. And he's okay with giving up some 20 to 20 stuff. If the defense can hold up, can make the other team be one-dimensional. And I'll tell you what, you know, Kansas got some breaks, especially defensively as the game went on. But when, when you look at it, what was it? It was 35 to 28 or excuse me. It was 28, 21. Kansas was losing. Kansas got a stop. Then I think Kansas held them to a field goal. And then I think Kansas held them to another field goal after that, or maybe there was another stop mixed in there, but there were like three or four defensive possessions in there. Not great. You're not winning any awards. You're not Georgia from last year, <laughs> but, but this is the big 12 offenses are going to score points. And if you have Jalen Daniels, you feel fantastic that he's going to put a lot of points on the board for you. Well, they even put him in some fourth fourth down situations too. Mm-hmm. Like Kansas actually, you know, they put him in some fourth downs. West Virginia was either aggressive or had to um, had to go out and try to, you know, like late, you know, the, I think West Virginia on their touchdown drive out a fourth down. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, at least one fourth down that they had to execute. So like, I don't know, like, I don't, I'm not going to say the defense was good. I don't think it was as bad as, we're accustomed it's def it's night and day better than what you saw last year even though the statistics may not look like it today i look at key metrics like i mean stopping the run was great if you take away you know look if you take away the explosive the two explosive pass plays what is this what does this look like you know i mean ku gave up two big big pass plays a 59 yard touchdown and i probably one relatively close to that and Everything else, uh, every I mean, I, I can't be mad at the defensive por- performance outside of those two explosives. So um, the things I'd be a little bit concerned, I don't think they got enough pressure. Um, I, I would be a little bit concerned. I'm not sure they actually got a sack um, on the day. I can't remember if they actually wound up even getting a sack. Well, they should have got one. Yeah, uh, they should have on, the, <laughs> on JT, JT Daniels. <laughs> yeah. When he threw it with his knee down. <laughs> yeah. You know, the j- other than that, they were too busy yeah. looking to see if it was a fumble or not. Um, yeah, the KC, yeah. KU did not record a sack. There was no sack in the entire game for either mm-hmm. team. Um, Rich Miller had 12 tackles. Kenny Logan had 10 tackles, just so you know. Um, I'm trying to even look tackles for loss. Okay, so KU had one tackle for loss, and West Virginia had three. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I the funny thing is, it's like, okay, like, we're sitting here talking about the KU defense. Like, how does the West Virginia feel, defense feel? Because KU yeah. still had the best defense on the field this week. Like, and that's just crazy to think about. I, yeah, the- I genuinely, I'm not just saying, I genuinely believe that. Yeah. No, I, KU's added to me depth and enough pieces that when you get to the, like you can now say, let's just get to the half and figure this out. Could not say that last year. Maybe you thought you could early, but like I would bring up the Baylor game. It was 14 to seven as half as an example. Like at the time, maybe realistic to be saying, let's just get this thing to half. It's one touchdown game, whatever. No, you couldn't say that because it was going to get a whole lot worse in the second half. Kansas mm-hmm. was not good in second half. They didn't have the personnel. And whether you think the guys they have now are good enough to compete with some of the better teams in the Big 12 or you know ranked opponents week in, week out, whatever, they have more now. They have more pieces. They have more developed guys and guys who you would expect will develop in their understanding of the defense. Kent, I know we're going quick today, so I want to I wanna circle around to one thing before we get out of here. I want to talk about Devin Neal. Because the number of times this year 
that already he has made plays that I'm not sure other running backs in the Big 12, let alone this team, would be able to take what should be a one-yard gain or a one-yard loss and finds a way to get a few extra yards. Like, I thought a lot of the running backs played very well today. In fact, what, Tory Lachlan, who was on special teams when he did this, he recovered a muff punt, which yep. was huge. Yep. We talked about Daniel huge. Hyshaw. <laughs> that was a game-changer right there. The, huge, we didn't yeah, talk about yeah. the punt, yeah. I, I mean, a huge play. Um, we talked about Daniel Hyshaw. I continue to love the way Savion Morrison runs with the ball. Daniel Hyshaw, by the way, recovering his own fumble. That was another uh, pretty huge play when he dropped the ball and somehow muscled his way to recover it. But what Devin Neal does every week just continues to impress me. And he's so tremendously mature. He's a leader of this team at a young age. He's 19 too, just like Jalen Daniels, although Jalen Daniels is about to turn 20. So we can always say he's a teenager for a little bit more, but uh, I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm continually impressed by the KU running backs. I, I see so many reasons to be positive about this team across the board. And to me, you go into Houston, and maybe you're not expecting to win like you probably weren't expecting to win this game, but you're going to say, hey, Kansas can make that a game. You're going to look at Texas Tech and say, hey, Kansas can make that a game. You're going to look at TCU and say, hey, Kansas can make that a game. You're going to look at Duke and say, Kansas is going to be favored in that game against the Power 5 opponent. And we're not far removed from the days of Rutgers where Kansas beat them by 50 points, (laughs) and that wasn't even a good Kansas team. Mm -hmm. So, like – I'm not saying I expect Kansas to go win eight games the rest of the year, whatever. I'm just saying if Jalen Daniels is this, if the running game is this, if Devin Neal, if the offensive line, if all these pieces are as good as they showed today, this team's going to win some games and they're going to be in games and it's going to be really fun. Yeah, no, they're, they're well on their way. And I don't, you know, it's, it's, I think calibrations are all out of whack right now. Um, And that's okay. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. (laughs) Who knows what who knows what this season's gonna ultimately look like, but just know it's different. It's different now. It is a this something I don't know if it's gonna be four wins or I they could win 14 technically. It's not gonna be 14. Uh that, 15. Be 15. I, yeah. yeah, you know, four or fourteen. Maybe they maybe they lose one game. I don't know. Okay, fair. Um I, I don't know, but like I just know that things are undoubtedly different here in, at Kansas. The the culture has shifted. The culture is night and day, um, and you saw that represented on the field today. So uh, a lot of reason to be excited here. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday to yep. break this game down. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the KCSNU channel. We have a new uh, – it's all about the U, baby. It's uh, KCSNU. It's our college-specific channel. Um, it, it's – it's going to be better for us. We have more college shows on there now because of that too. We're kind of running out of room a little bit almost. And, and so we, we have a, we have a sweet new college preview show that we just launched uh, today as well. So um, but we'll be back uh, later this uh, next week to kind of break down West Virginia a little bit more, get ready for the Clayton student bowl next week. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. The Kansas Jayhawks win 55 42 in overtime in Morgantown. Uh, they go on a ridiculous. I think I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the math really quick. Oh, they no. went. They went on a 48-21 run to to end that game. They just they dominated them when it mattered, and uh, it's gonna be fun to watch the rest of this year and see where they can go because expectations have changed, and we'll try to figure out what that means on <laughs> Tuesday and further. Thank y'all. We'll catch you later. <laughs>